Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The NFL's third annual Fan of the Year contest presented by Captain Morgan recognizes and celebrates extraordinary and inspiring fans. In collaboration with all 32 teams, the 2022 NFL Fan of the Year contest is officially open. Do you or someone you know rally others to spice up the game? Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year to nominate someone or learn more. Welcome, everyone, to the SI Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. Great episode this week. Brian Curtis of The Ringer does an excellent job covering sports media over there. Joins me to talk about all of the latest sports media news. It was a busy week. We had the uh, Ime Udoka story and the coverage of that. We had people going crazy because ESPN cut into Clemson Wake Forest with an Aaron Judge at bat, Stephen A. and Malika Andrews fighting, uh, give our opinion on how some of the NFL broadcast spoofs are doing. So all that with Brian Curtis on the podcast, following him, we have Lindsay McCormick and Rashad Jennings. They are the hosts of a new podcast right here on sports illustrated called the bag that covers sports business. So I know a lot of you are into the sports business world. So uh, Lindsay and Rashad are on the pod to talk about their pod and what you can expect from it. No train of thoughts this week. Unfortunately, Sal is out of town. He will be back next week. I'll give you a quick uh, train of thoughts update here on our best bets. I hit mine last week with the Ravens over the Patriots. I am now 3-0 and on the season for best bets. Sal finally got off the schneid. He had the Colts, had no business winning it, but he did. So he's now 2-1. and one. So for this week, Sal's going with Arizona plus 2. On Sunday, the uh, the Cardinals are playing the Panthers in Carolina. Sal's so going with Arizona plus two. I had written down two games that I was looking at. Arizona was one of them. The other one was Dallas. 
So since Sal took Arizona, I'm going to go with Dallas. They're only giving a field goal at home to the commanders. I think the Cowboy defense against Carson Wentz is uh, going to be a big problem for the commanders. So I'm going to go with Dallas minus three. Sal's going with Arizona plus two for the best bets. All right. And then uh, the last thing I need to tell you quickly, if you missed any recent episodes of the podcast, check them out in the archives. Rich Eisen was on last week. Andrew Marshan two weeks ago. Al Michaels three weeks ago. Matthew Berry four weeks ago. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Leave a review on Apple. Probably read it next week with Sal when he's back. All right. Brian Curtis, followed by Lindsay McCormick and Rashad Jennings right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular. Always enjoy chatting with him about sports media from The Ringer and the excellent Press Box podcast, Brian Curtis. Brian, how's it going? It's great because it's football season and life makes more sense during football season. And work becomes much easier. Really that's, that's the most important thing. Everything's organized. Know what you're doing. Know what you're reacting to. It's, it's great. The the I, I don't know why I would ever be surprised, and I, I'm surprised isn't the right word. But you know, week after week, I'm just in awe at the NFL machine. No matter what, you know, it's there. The ratings are always the ratings are up this year. They manage to dominate no matter what. It's it's really something else. I think it really hit me. Week one, Cowboys Bucks on Sunday Night Football, a game I was unfortunate enough to be at because it was incredibly boring. And I was there with my son, who was nine. And then I came back and I thought, God, that was an awful game. And then I saw the TV number. And I was like, right. whoa, football's back. And yeah. it doesn't even matter if it's good football. Cowboys will generate that rate. It's it's wild. Um, almost twenty million ESPN got from Monday Night Football this week with the Cowboys and Giants in a in an awful game. Um, I will say I I said this last week. No, I guess it was two weeks ago because there was no manic. Last week was the doubleheader. I said this two weeks ago. Again, I found myself. I didn't watch any of the Manning cast this week after watching it every single time it was on last year and i was thinking about it it's like subconsciously i mean i like steve levy and i think he's a really good dude he was classy the way he handled all this and i didn't have this overt i don't like this booth thing i was i was it was more about i was into the mannings but now with buck and aikman there i flipped that on and i don't even think about changing the channel it's 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 pretty wild how that's turned out for me. What what has been your experience with watching Monday Night Football? Exactly the same thing. Wow. It's almost like ESPN has too many stars. And I've put the Manning cast in the part of my mind that's like late night TV where if something good happens, I know I'll see the clip on Twitter. Yeah. Which is exactly what I did this week. And I, I just watch Buck and Aikman. It feels like, okay, they're big stars on this. Almost introducing that even for like 10 minutes, it just kind of overloads me so. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because I know the ratings for the Manning cast for the two episodes they've done are pretty much in in line with what they did last year, maybe down a drop. I think there's still that like one point four, one point five million. But I feel like I've seen less about it on Twitter and it's always dangerous to judge things by by Twitter. But I don't feel the oh, my God, this is so great. You got to check this out. Look what's going on. I don't feel it as much this year. Maybe it's just year two. I, I'm sure more people, maybe there's more people like us who are tuned into Buck and Aikman, but it, 
that hype doesn't feel like it's there. Yeah, when I saw the guest list this week, Pat McAfee's on, so you know that'll be interesting. Jimmy Johnson's on. I'm a Cowboys guy. I love Jimmy, but it's like, okay, and their audio was apparently just incredibly messed up during that segment, and it was just a complete mess, but it's just... Yeah, I think the new car smells off it a little bit, right? And you just think, hey, okay, that that yeah. that would be cool. I'm not I'm not against it, but right. I'm not seeking it out either. Right. It's still a great product for what it is. It's just I don't know. I I had said last year when the games are good, I'll watch the regular telecast, and then it never got to that. I always I also think I'm a little surprised. I don't want this to come off as negative. It's just just observations. I'm a little surprised. I think all the guests are the same ones they've had last year. I'm surprised there hasn't been anyone new. And that's the thing, right? It's like you get it's like one year, you're like, okay, let's go see who we can yeah. book. We're gonna get the rock. We're gonna get Russell Wilson. We're gonna get all these things. And then year Tom two, Brady. it's like, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like you know, they're an SNL season where you're like, should we bring the guy back again yeah. or should we get somebody new? I mean, they sh- should and could be able to book anyone. It's not like me where, you know, I'm booking this myself. I mean, Peyton has bookers and Peyton and Eli have connections. You would think there'd be some new guests in there. Yeah, it should be more glamorous than our respective podcasts. <laughs> well, I just saw you had Charlie Steiner on this week. And it's funny when I saw that, I see, that was a guy, I think over the summer I had put in my, there were two guys over the summer. I said to myself, I should try to get these guys on. One was Bob Euchre, who I've never heard on a podcast. And let's see do i want to go here oh i'll go there it was the most so i emailed the brewers pr media relations whoever and within five seconds got a reply like no thanks or he's not doing it or we can't help you it was very short very curt very non-helpful i don't know if it's an age thing and they want to keep them with podcasts but um yeah they were not playing with Bob Euchre. And then the other guy was Charlie Sonner, who I just never reached out to for whatever reason. I saw you had him this week. How, how was Charlie? How was that interview? Because he's got some, I'm sure, amazing stories from over the years. Oh, for people like you and me. I mean, first of all, I went to Charlie Steiner's house here in L.A. to record it just so that, you know, to see him and the sound sounded better. Awesome. So that, that was just kind of a funny experience in itself and a cool experience. But, yeah, it was great. You know, yeah. we had to do not only Colin Dodger games, which, by the way, he has been doing longer than he was on ESPN. So wow. put that, you know, make make that work in your mind. Calling Yankee games with John Sterling. And then, you know, ESPN, follow me to freedom. There's so much to talk about. It's such an, you have to be a real sports media nerd slash Yankee fan to even care about this. But Steiner was in the booth with John Sterling for the Aaron Boone game against the Red Sox. And joined him. And did a duet with him on the Yankees win, the Yankees win. And John would not usually allow that. I, I think that was the last year for Charlie Steiner in the booth. So who knows? Uh, I think he went. got one more, but yeah. And, then, he, you know, and the whole lottery of that, because they were switching off innings in extras. Right, right. And Charlie happens to get the 11th inning, and that's the first pitch. And so it's if you go back and listen to that clip, Sterling goes, and now back to, oh, it's gone. You know, I mean, it was it was yeah. fast. And I was yeah. thinking about this week because we've been talking about, like, will Michael K get to call 61 and will he get to call 62? And so much of announcing is just a lottery. And oh, yeah. Do you get the game? If you get the game, do you get the inning? <laughs> well, this is I, I'm totally stealing this from Mike and the Mad Dog because when they were together, they always talked about this. If you're the local TV announcer for a baseball team, a la Michael K, you get so screwed in the postseason because you're out 
it's all no. national and the local, you know, here in New York, for instance, just going by the Yankees, my, you know, John and Susan do every single inning of every post game where the TV guys for, for the baseball teams, they're out. It's a weird, it's a weird thing there. It is because you have what is, I guess, kind of the more prestigious job. But then as soon as you get to the playoffs or at least the second round, and then you start, you bug out and it's yeah. like, uh oh, the radio guys or gals are the ones who are going to go all the way to the end. It's fun. And 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 in baseball, the national guys ha- are complete, no matter how good they are, they don't know the local teams in any way, shape, or form, in any fraction of how the local guys do. So it's it's a very bizarre thing the way it ends up working out. <laughs> As we could ask Joe Buck, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> decades now of people being mad at him on Fox. Well, Joe Joe calls a great game, but Joe's just he's not going to know the Yankees or Michael Kano's Yankees. It's just that's common. what I mean. Yeah. Joe's awesome, but it's yeah. a, then Yankee fan, you know, 2022 on Twitter is like, you don't know the team like I do, and it's like, correct, but I'm here on yeah. Fox calling the game. So there, there were two things that happened. Well, three things that happened this week that I really wanted to talk about that I was just in awe of in terms of the insanity of the reaction. I mean, I listen, sports fans are deranged, but what I saw this week went to a new level. One of those things was with the Yankees, with Judge possibly hitting the 61st home run on Apple TV and Michael K not being able to call it. I mean, people were so worked up about... Now, I was worked up from the standpoint of I, I thought it sucked for Yankee fans that the game would be on Apple TV and the people in their local market. But there were so many people who were upset that Michael K wouldn't call the home run. I was like, I'm flabbergasted this many people care. Why is this? You know, I've even seen today, you know, after he didn't hit the home run, oh, now Michael K can call it. Good, good, good. I, I don't know. That's not a factor for me. Is that weird? Why are people <laughs> upset? That's my question. Right. When they, when you have that clip that we're going to play 9 billion times over the next 20 years, do you want it to be the right voice on the clip? Is that, is that, well, what's, but who's here? to say what the right voice is? Well, that's like, what I mean. From Yankee my, fan perspective, is Michael K, you want his voice on the clip? Is that what we're upset about? Well, right. And also, you could have had that clip called by. Steven Nelson on Apple TV, if Judge would have hit the home run, it could have been called by Carl Ravitch on Sunday Night Baseball if he would have. It would have. Ha- it could have happened Tuesday night with Brian Anderson on. The- I mean, this is the way it is. The outrage that one person couldn't make the call. I don't know. It seemed that it was very bizarre to me. I thought. I think announcers are very used to this. Yeah, you know, they they know that you know sometimes fortune points at you and sometimes it doesn't. Right. But you know what? Also, by the way, if we're feeling sorry for announcers, are we going to really feel sorry for Yankee announcers <laughs> not getting a big moment? You know, I, can we ask Euchre what it's like to wait and wait and wait for a big moment to call? I, mean, I know I know, 90% of the people listening to this who are not Yankee fans are like, who gives a shit? So, well, they yeah. get big moments all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah I agree. Michael has been around for a bunch. So, you know, Just surprised how many people were going to be affected if Michael K didn't have the call. So. It was um, weird. It felt like yeah. something to be mad about on Twitter. And then, you know, New York's attorney general got involved and, you know, it was just like, okay. Well, she had no idea the game was free. That was her problem getting it, you know, because the game was on an Apple TV. Question. What is, what is more accessible in 2022? Yes. Or Apple TV? Well, see, to me, this has been my argument on this every week. It, to me, it's the, 
double well the apple tv game is free so it doesn't apply here but it's usually where you're paying for cable like you pay for yes and then they put the game on amazon prime for instance which you have to pay for it's the it's them milking fans for double payments that irritates me about the streaming the accessibility is what it's it's accessible i don't like watching the game that way but it is accessible to me it's when you get hit for the double payment basically because a lot of us are still paying for cable yeah yeah, same here, by the yeah. way. So it's yeah. like you're saying, okay, I got, yes, I'm going to get the Yankee games. Oh, wait, I go somewhere else to pay for a Yankee game. You know, yeah. I, I, I totally understand yeah. that. Now, I might need you to straighten me out on this one because the reaction from fans that I saw on the Clemson-Wake Forest split screen with the Aaron Judge at-bats <laughs> made me think that... I mean, we have a serious problem with sports fans being deranged in this country. Now, again, I'm a Yankee fan, so I don't know. Maybe I'm coming at it from that perspective, but I was thinking that as a Yankee fan. If I'm watching a college football game and they cut in to show any at-bat from any player going for any record, I am not going to get worked up over two minutes of the college football game being on a split screen. It's not like they went away from it. They did a split screen for an at-bat. You would have thought someone you know burned the country down to the ground or something i could not believe how angry people were about that it was shocking to me that people would be so wrapped up about that what what was your reaction to that so my personal experience i'm a university of texas grad and i was watching texas play like crap against texas tech when that was happening it's like please more split screens can we show something else to get my mind off this garbage that i'm watching right now um, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind at all, and didn't, yeah. it didn't bother me at all. Here's what I think the point is, Jimmy. Doesn't say something great about baseball that sports fans are like, please do not show me this historic baseball moment during my fairly run of the mill college football game. Clemson Wake Forest would be really good, but like, yeah. is this? And and the second thing is, I just think sports fandom has just become really different now, and mostly it's bad news for baseball. Yeah, baseball's just not even in this awesome moment, right? This is as good as it's going to, as fun as it's going to get, you know, and at least in term, until judge passes Barry Bonds, it's like, we don't want it. We don't, please don't mix these things together. I yeah. don't want to know that your judge is about to hit 61. I don't disagree I, I, with you. I think that's bad news to me. Yeah. I, it's a very legit point. I do think a lot of the animosity and anger though, was because it was a Yankee. Maybe. If they were cutting into a Shohei Otani at bat, I don't think as many people would be as livid as they were. I mean, you're talking for you to, for someone to get angry, legitimately angry that you have a split screen for two minutes of a college football game, no matter what they cut in with. I think the fact that they cut in with a Yankee who's going after what's not really a record. If you know, that is what set people off. But your baseball point is true as well. I think it's, combination i will say in mild defense of college football fans that they're just angry all day on saturday yeah yes so that was comes yes. gives you tries to give you ice creams like what the hell are you doing <laughs> giving me ice cream why give me yeah. somebody gives you a million dollars like what you trying to give me a million dollars right now when i'm watching the game I mean, that was my college yes. football message board they just we're just pissed off so that was that was what at the end of the day when it was all said and done my takeaway after i thought about it was the most deranged fans in sports are college football fans. That <laughs> yes. was my takeaway. I, I think they would admit that. 
And then they got pissed because on Monday Night Football, ESPN decided not to do the split screen and the cut in. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, but, you know, because of the NFL. Yeah, the NFL runs the country, in case you didn't know. So I don't know. And listen, I have no idea. I would love your opinion. I don't know if the NFL and Roger Goodell said to ESPN, no split screen, no cut in. I mean, you know, Martian made a good point on Twitter. If you're going to do a split screen to the judge at bats, it would have made sense during Monday Night Football because the New York Giants are playing. Yeah. And you have, a, you have a crossover audience there, much more so than Clemson Wake Forest. Now, so you don't, so we don't know. Did the NFL say no cut-ins or did ESPN see the Twitter reaction? They decided no cut-ins. You know, I know these networks are terrified of the NFL, so it could have gone either way. But then the college football fans are pissed. They decided, no, you know, they're like, oh, because the NFL is more important. Yes, the NFL is more important. The NFL is about a billion times more important than college football. Sorry, that's it, just the way it is. It's true. It's yeah. true. I mean, um, and it's funny, too, because not only did marching, that's a good point about the New York audience, but also Joe Buck's a baseball guy or was a baseball guy. Right. So if anybody right. could kind of bring in that moment and kind of understand what was happening and help the audience understand how important that was, it's him. Yeah. I do. I, I, it'd be, I should have, I should have asked someone from ESPN if it was, but they wouldn't admit if the NFL told them not to. So they'd probably play it off as, um, it was just their decision after the backlash, I guess. Programming decision. Yeah. Um, and then the other huge story of the week was the Ime Udoka. It felt like the coverage of the Ime Udoka story was just as big as the Ime Udoka story. The coverage of the coverage, I should say. The coverage of the coverage. Um, yeah. What was, give me what you thought about how it all went down. I saw somebody comment on this because Shoemaker and I were talking about this on the press box on Monday. And I think part of the reason the coverage of the coverage is so big is because there's not that much coverage in terms of actual hard information about what happened. Right. We're still dealing with a couple of very skeletal news stories and tweets that people are either making big assumptions about knowing more facts about what happened or they're they're doing this thing where they wink at the camera go, oh well, you know i found out what happened uh you know i can't say it here but trust me you know it's this way yeah. or that way and i'm kind of going okay i don't know what to i don't know what to do with any of this yeah. if i were on espn i surely wouldn't be rolling out some big takes without knowing all the information and having a better sense of what's going on here. And I suspect we will at some point, you know, there's yeah. so many reporters on this story now, but I was just struck by how little, in fact, we know, um, you know, even just again, reading the stories of Woj and Shams and those guys wrote, like, I, I still feel I just know very, very little of the story. Did you have any issues with what Woj and Shams did when they tweeted what they tweeted on that first day? I was struck the, by the fact that Woj's tweet was essentially like he may be suspended for something that's unclear, right? That was the first right. tweet. But that's just, again, it was a very partial read on the story. I think the Shams thing, it's going to be really fascinating when we know more because he characterized, you know, what happened in a very particular way. Is and again, it, it, what it, was the word inappropriate? Is that the specific word he and used? And also the word consensual, I think. Well, that was from Woj. Woj well, was consensual, and I think Sham said inappropriate, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I, I mean, whatever. It is just, I just think, like, again, these are complicated issues in a workplace. There's very, those terms mean different things and can mean different things at different times. So I just think it'll be really interesting. And I don't want to 
I don't want to hot take on this on their coverage without knowing what is going to happen. But I think when right. we finally when we find out more, it'll be interesting to revisit that stuff. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I didn't I, I thought Woj and Shams got unfairly beat up a little bit only from this standpoint. They he, they clearly knew at least Woj. Woj clearly knew he was going to be suspended. I mean, he was proven right on that. So when he had sent out his initial t- tweet, he wasn't suspended yet. So I guess the argument there is, should Woj have waited till the suspension was official? Or, I mean, how bad is it? Because there's two layers here. There's the affair or relationship, put that aside. Just going by, like, I think any reporter in any sport, if they hear that a coach is going to be suspended, they're going to tweet that even before it's official. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. Now, once you put out that that coach is going to be suspended for the year, there's going to be a feeding frenzy on why. So I think you have to mention the relationship. But there was, I I blame the Celtics mainly for the lack of details. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there, but that's how I. Chad Finn wrote a really good column about this and pointed out that there were 23 hours that passed between the initial Woj tweet and the Celtics making any kind of statement. Right. Um, and so what happens in that 23 hours, everybody starts guessing, everybody starts, you know, imputing stuff, doing weird and kind of gross stuff on Twitter. So, yeah, that definitely, definitely yeah. sent this to a weird place. I get why people would have the issue with Woj tweeting consensual relationship, but I do think Woj had to tweet about the. I don't think Woj could just go on Twitter and say the Celtics head coach is going to get suspended for a year, period, send. I mean, you have you have to provide the why. Um, but uh, like I said, I just, I'm, I'm happy to table this until I read what, what exactly is here, but I think it's going to be interesting. Like I said, again, these issues are just really, really complex Yeah, and terms are meaningful and they're complex and they have different meanings to perhaps different people within the story, you know, within the both parties. So I I just, again, you see me kind of holding back here because I don't want, I don't want to yeah, Maybe I got it. I don't want to criticize yeah. anybody, but I also want to compare it when we finally find out what happens. Right. I always I always find it amusing too when there's a story like this and then someone from the non-sports world comes in with something. I don't know if you saw Kevin Frazier, who's the host on Entertainment Tonight, tweeted out that he had multiple sources confirm to him that the relationship at question here was found out by the husband on the ring doorbell microphone camera. That's always interesting to me when you have the non-sports people then jump in with some what yeah. is news. And in this case, Kevin Frazier formerly was just ESPN right now on ET. Is that right? Yeah, that yeah. was a, <laughs> that was a surprising one. Added another layer to the to the to the story. Um, yeah, I don't. I guess I guess my question too would be. You know what? What responsibility do the Celtics have to provide details? Because you don't want to provide any details that, you know, if if this was you know a relationship where he was in power, she was um, a subordinate. Uh, you know, are the Celtics responsible to give us that side of the story? The fact that he's suspended for a year, people are gonna. If he was suspended for a month, two months, I don't think there'd be that fever for the information. But he's suspended for a year. That's a big. And also, if he's having a relationship with someone who's a subordinate, why isn't he fired? I mean, I do. I think the Celtics here have the, 
to answer more questions than anyone. Yeah, and I think if you watch that press conference, that was a really, really interesting press conference because you got a lot of reporters that are asking exactly what you just said. Wait a second. What's the difference between if it's a year-long suspension, why isn't he fired? Right. And what are we talking? I mean, you could see them really trying to, you know, pin down as much information as they could. And But, again, you came away with that. I think Malika Andrews talked about this on ESPN just with way, way more questions than, yeah. uh, than answers. What did you make of st- the Stephen A. Malika Andrews interaction? I thought it was I thought it was hard to hard to watch. Um, you know the whole "don't come on to my show and tell me what to do" kind of thing. I just that didn't feel comfortable to me to watch it all. I'll be honest. Yeah, that was um, that was rough. That was rough. Was, and I didn't understand. I just to the extent I understood Stephen A.'s point from day one, it was. He was he was upset at the way the Celtics had handled. He wasn't letting Udoka off the hook, but he was upset at the way the Celtics had handled it. I think the point he was trying the point he tried to make was if this was a white coach, the information wouldn't be leaked. Or why why you know? Or his point was this is going on all over the place. Why are they leaking this information on a black coach? I think that was his point. So, and she comes in and, you know, was criticized. Yeah. It's just, it's again, it's one, of, it's one of those, we don't have, I understand like there are, there are opinion shows on ESPN, there are podcasts like you and I make every all day, every day. Right. I'm not saying I'm, I'm completely innocent on all issues ever, but there are times when you just say, we don't have to do this right now. Right. right. We, we're not, we're not beating some, some deadline to have an opinion about this in right. most cases. It, it's okay to just be like, I don't know enough right now to come down, you know, in a big way. It doesn't mean we can't discuss it. doesn't mean we can't right. talk about it and talk about what we know, what we don't know. But like, why, why do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I, right it's, at the next morning. I've always that, been fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been fascinated that people won't say, I don't know, or I don't have an opinion. You know, when that story first broke, I tweeted, this makes no sense because on the very initial and some people interpret that as me being pro or con the suspension and i should have been clearer when i say this makes no sense i said now this is when it first happened what made no sense is Woj tweeted he had a consensual relationship he got suspended for a year there's an imbalance there until we knew more obviously but my point was it made no sense because we don't know anything yet and i don't understand why people can't ever just say I don't know in this business. I think it'd be powerful. And I think it's powerful for somebody like, you know, who's on an ESPN show to just be like, and it actually does send a signal to, to not only the ESPN, but Twitter that like, Hey, let's report this. Right. I mean, by the way, what I want, you know, what I want to read from, from one of our colleagues is what these couple of days were like inside ESPN, where you not only have a bunch of ACE NBA reporters, but you have this kind of, that plus this need to talk about it on television. You've got lots of people, I'm sure, pooling their resources and trying to come out with a very a report on a very, very tricky story. Yeah, I think I think it's a very simple thing. I mean, I think, you know, Stephen A's on the air doing this live show. News breaks that the Celtics coach is going to get suspended, which is just, you know, after the year they had just a wild story. And he just goes out there. I don't, I don't think there's any thought. I think it's, okay, this is the news story. Let me get out there with whatever yeah it's it's not the same as a news desk saying okay what do we know what can we report right right yeah 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Last one on the on the weird story, wild feedback, and then we'll talk about some NFL stuff. I was surprised somebody. Now this is something that we would care about, but I I got this from a lot of people on Twitter. There were people upset that Nance and Romo called the Chiefs Colts game this week instead of Dolphins Bills. <laughs> and for people who are listening who don't know, the networks, CBS Fox, they do their game assignments for the opening three weeks like in the preseason, they may, they map out the three weeks. Then I think they go to like a week to week or, you know, then they can switch things around. I, I saw someone, someone even, I think there was a column on a website where someone was livid that Nance and Romo didn't call bills dolphins again. And I'm into the announcers. You're stretching. If you're getting upset by that, <laughs> plus you got Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan called the dolphins and bills. What more do you want? He's phenomenal. And dude, with a game with butt punt, yeah. Is there any better person to be calling that than Kevin Harlan? Exactly. I was flipping back and forth between the two, and I was like, first of all, they're both they're both really good games. Dolphins Bills yeah. was just wilder on like a you know on a, on a couple of orders of magnitude more, but it was like 
Yeah. And you're absolutely right about that. In fact, it was funny. I was talking to somebody the same thing. And I, cause I interviewed Nance in the spring and at the PGA, I guess it was in May and he knew his assignments already in May. He wow. knew where he was going. I'm pretty sure if yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm misremembering that, but I'm pretty sure he knew his travel schedule. It's almost like when the offensive coordinator scripts plays for like the opening two drives, like CBS right. has already scripted some right. plays here. Yeah. Plus in defense of CBS, you know, the Dolphins were down by like 50 points to the Ravens in week two before. So at that point, no one would have expected Nance and Romo to go. So you're not going to shift it that quickly, you know, in week three, if it was later in the season, they would have, they would have shifted it, but they're not going to, I think, you know, make rearrange everything for, for, for a week three game. And I know we're in Bill's mania and I like Bill's mania. I love yeah. I love watching the bills, but the chiefs are a really good football team too. Let's, yeah. let's remember they beat the bills last year. <laughs> and listen, I watched, I watched, almost every play of that chiefs Colts game. Cause I had a financial investment that fourth quarter go. was just as wild as bills dolphins. The chiefs, the chiefs basically in the fourth quarter faked a field goal on fourth and 10 that they botched the kicker missed another field goal. And then they stopped the Colts on a third and 10. And then Chris Jones got called for an unsportsmanlike penalty. All those things happened in the fourth quarter. The Colts had no business winning that game. It was insane, but that's the NFL <laughs> for like, you. Sounds like I know that uh, you had Chiefs minus six and a half. Or whatever I had I had I had a Chiefs Ravens parlay is what I had. So I'm ah. not happy. Not happy. Um, give me. Do you have any three weeks into the NFL season? Anything catch your eye, good or bad? broadcasters, pregame shows, coverage, anything new, anything that you've said you've been watching the games and you've said, Oh, that's interesting. Or that's not working. Anything from three weeks in, in terms of NFL broadcasting, the two networks that paid big money to get established names, got what they paid for. Certainly on Monday night football. Absolutely. It just, I mean, it's just almost a relief to hear Joe and Troy and you're like, okay, these guys got it. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. <laughs> you know, forget us as TV critics. I think sometimes when you hear an announcer, and they don't have quite the Jedi level mastery of the material, you feel uncomfortable because you're like, oh my gosh, is, are they going to get something wrong? Is the is the color analyst going to not really know what to do here? Yeah, those guys like it'll be fine. It'll be fine, and it, and it's yeah. better than fine. In fact, yeah. like it'll be it'll be great. Um, and I think the same thing about Al on Amazon. I mean, I think it's that first game, Chiefs Chargers week two, and Arrowhead Stadium. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. I feel great. I feel good. It right feels. Now. It feels like you're watching Sunday Night Football. Feels like a huge game. Yeah, you know, and it feels like yeah. a huge game. It feels like Al knows what to do, and it just again, it's just it's like a it's it's less a media critic like point than it is just like a football fan point. Like, okay, this feels yeah. like this feels great. I wrote this, I think I wrote this, uh, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday in my column, but I think the, you know, I had Al on right before the season and we had said, you know, the game broadcast will be fine. Like you pointed out with, with Al and Kirk, the biggest issue for Amazon is getting people to understand the games on Amazon only. There's no other way to watch unless you're in a local market, which adds some more confusion to it. I actually think now though, I looked at it the schedule for Thursday night football might be a problem. They, I mean, they have a great game this week with the Dolphins and Bengals, and I'm glad Al and Kirk get that. That's a good game. But then they have Colts-Broncos, which 
is not great based on what we've seen from. And then the week after that is Commanders Bears. <laughs> so I think the scheduling, they get a good game. Uh, they get a good, they get a Ravens Bucks game uh, week eight. So that that's a little bit of a nice bounce back. But then after that, it's Eagles Texans. So, and then Falcons Panthers. The schedule is going to be a problem, I think, for Thursday night. It's a good reminder that all the networks had Thursday night football and they all went, you know what? We don't want this anymore. We just don't want this anymore. And I remember talking to the Monday night guys before the Monday night package got better. Their biggest gripe was not that the game wouldn't be an A game because a lot of times you're not going to get it, but it would be just a random matchup that would have no storyline to it. Right. You say Eagles, Texans. Like, what are you doing there? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Eagles, are, the Eagles might be great this year, so that's cool, but like right. – it's just no storytelling to that game at all. Right. That's not a thing. Yeah. It's like Monday Night Football. I remember a couple years ago when the schedule was still really bad, they'd get the Steelers. Oh, that's good. Steelers are a big audience. But it'd be Steelers, Jaguars. And be like, what do we do with this? Yeah. Not division. Well, it's just not. It's just not. A, there's nothing here. You know? Yeah. I was surprised because the rating for the opening game on Amazon, Chiefs, Chargers was $13 million, And then the next week for Steelers, Browns, was 11 million and i didn't think the drop would be that much only because now you have two oh one terrible quarterback in trubisky and one mediocre quarterback in Brissett, which is a big fall off from mahomes and, and herbert obviously but i thought the browns and steelers those markets those fans would not have as big a drop off because nobody cares about the chargers across the country and they have no fan base in week one, but they still lost 2 million viewers. And I don't know if it's because, you know, the quality of the game, the quality of the quarterbacks. I thought it was interesting that they would drop 2 million from week one, a week two to week three, which the first week was week two. Or is it, you know, something we've seen with TV shows forever where people are super curious to tune in week one because it's new and it's Amazon and it's different. So they have an experience and then week two, it's a football game. And they're yeah. sort of judging by the quality of the game. I think this week is fascinating in terms of a rating for Amazon because they have good team, good quarterbacks, you know, Burrow, Tua, Dolphins 3-0. and Surprisingly good matchup. This is a better yeah. game than it looked like in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned, oh, back, the thing I want to mention about Buck and Aikman since you mentioned them first, you know, I feel like, Troy is, a, is almost, a, it's a weird case with Troy because he's been doing this for 20 years and I feel like he gets better. Yes. I feel like he gets better. He, better. I say this all the time. He's the only analyst who will call out the refs. No <laughs> analyst does that at all. They all play that game where they go, well, you know, I don't know about that call. I'm not sure what he saw there. Troy's just like, that's a bad call. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Can you just say it that way, please? I, I have a theory that a couple of things happened. One, that Tony Romo happened and the salaries between number one broadcasters got totally out of whack. But yeah. The other thing that somebody suggested to me one time is like, they started doing Thursday night football and Joe and Troy on Thursday night football. It was, it was looser. It was almost like a celebrity roast because yeah. again, the games were often kind of crappy and it was like, okay, let's have some fun here. And actually let's also just like call out refs, call out quarterbacks who stink. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, he, he has, he has changed. A lot. And I think he's just kind of, I don't know. And I don't, you know, I don't know if I understand the psychology of it completely. Like those are two data points I put in there, but I just think, and also, by the way, we should add that Fox tried to get Peyton Manning to call Thursday night football and then came back to Troy. Right. Right. Probably somewhere in the psychology of all this, but he's, he's, I think 
in a lot of ways a different announcer than he was circa 2017 yeah i agree i think they're like i mean i said it at, at the top i haven't watched the manicast because they've been i get locked in on them um and i do you know and i say this often and everyone needs to be reminded you know there's so much written about and so much coverage of monday night sunday night thursday night but the thing that's always true is the money package is still Sunday at 425, 20, yeah. almost 27 million for an awful box Packers game on Sunday with no offense. Sunday, it, 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 all we care about is Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, and it's Sunday 425 is still the sweet spot. <laughs> People forget. And, you know, I think I probably do the same thing because, of yeah. course, you know, we're thinking of announcers and all this stuff, but like, yeah, I turned that on on. Uh, Sunday afternoon, 125 here in the West Coast. And I was like, man, this is great. This game looks great. Looks great. It's a huge matchup. Two good quarterbacks. Like, this this is the game I want to watch, you know? Yep. As yep. you said, it turned out to be a crappy game. But it, I was yep. like, this is awesome. This is, yep. this is football. This is NFC. This is football to me. Yep. And they got $26.9 million for it. Um, I read a little bit before we started taping. It sounds like Live Golf is going to buy airtime on FS1. I've said on this podcast and written many times that Liv's only hope was FS1 because CBS and ABC and, and NBC, ESPN, they're all in bed with the PGA and Fox will do anything. They'll, they have no standards, so they'll get in bed with anyone. So this obviously makes total sense. Do you, how, how much do you think this helps Liv that they'll be on FS1? Do you, do you expect people to tune in? I guess it ticks a box that they're on TV rather than right. you and I watching it on Facebook Live. If we're even watching it on Facebook <laughs> yeah, that, Live, that's not happening. <laughs> but I mean, would would we have bet? I was trying to think about this this morning. Would we have bet that somebody would have said yes to them without them having to pay for airtime, like a Wilford Brimley <laughs> commercial? Ah, well, we'll forgetting getting some shrapnel um i never no, would have no expected right no i never ever would have expected cbs espn nbc to do anything with live because they're not going to do that to their partner but somebody somewhere you well know? so it came out you know a couple it was reported recently daniel rapaport um from barstool he said apple was out once i saw apple was out then i was like okay if they can't even get the streaming services on board yeah there's a problem because the streaming services need any content they could possibly get. So once Amazon and Apple were out, that's when I was like, hmm, they are really screwed because there's no other network that would do it except for Fox. And we're living in this time where sports rights are the last thing anybody wants to pay for on live television. Yeah. And so it's, and you got a bunch of A-level golfers. Yeah. So it's really telling that this is where it turned out. I am beyond fascinated i can't stop consuming stories about network television scripted show ratings and and just what has happened to that are you uh, yes are, do you totally follow fast. that isn't it a, i mean because they were so big you know when we were kids and it was like again i feel like a person explaining penny postcards like my grandfather right. you know uh going to uh getting a malted at a at a diner or something but it's like <laughs> we were growing up network television was entertainment news and sports right. and basically one of those three things exists but yeah. the biggest stars of the network were not joe buck and trey aikman or jim nance they were jerry seinfeld and you know tim yeah. allen and ted danson i mean it was like it's just 
gone. And the and the 180 of it where scripted network used to do so well to the point where ABC got out of the Monday night football business and oh, put it on yeah. ESPN. Now you can tell ABC would do anything to have Monday night football. It seems it was a huge drag on the ratings. And that was the thing every week. It right. was like, Hey, do we want desperate housewives in this slot or do we want Monday night football? And now whatever the equivalent of desperate housewives, it's probably a show that involves police officers <laughs> or firefighters in Chicago. I'm just, I right. just, I'm just going off network promos yeah, yeah. That I've seen during sporting events here, Jimmy. Yeah. But like, <laughs> No, no. The answer is no. We don't want that yeah. versus a football game. It's it's. I, I think you have to be of a certain age. I think you have to be around our age who grew up watching network television and all the you know from the eighties to the nineties and the sitcoms and the drama and you know even when even with the explosion of cable and HBO and the run they yeah. went on, the network still had some stuff. I mean, network is. It's just, I, I don't want to say completely useless. It's harsh because there's still shows on the air there. But my God, when you see the numbers, it's staggering. Well, it's like, I've been reading the story about the death of network television for 40 years almost. I mean, it's like that, that every time people are, can you believe the broadcast networks only have 80% of the viewers now or 70%? Yeah. It would keep ticking down. Yeah. And you'd be like, okay, but it's still, it's still a thing. Yeah. And when it hit me finally really- went off the cliff. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they exist to show pro football now. Like, if yeah. they didn't show pro football, would they exist? And, and this is also why at all? Fox got in bed with the WWE with SmackDown. It was They wanted to get to just everything, you know, live. They want live events, live, you know. It hit me over the summer. I had Alan Seppenwall from Rolling Stone on this podcast, and, and I asked him about this, and he said, like, the death of network will be much sooner than anyone expects. And I was like, well... That's pretty powerful coming from him. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's like we're already in this technological moment where people are going to watch it less, you know, anyway, because we've got all these options. But just again, right. it's like it, it to me, it, those things exist to show football games. <laughs> That's what they exist to me. And I think we look at the ratings and that's right. the way they exist to lots of people. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to get into. And now, oh, the la- last thing, you know, I guess maybe I'm being a hypocrite by making this the last topic, but I've, I've been getting a kick out of the, there's no coverage of Brett Favre's scandal. Yeah. Now, a couple of things on this. So many people comparing it to Adoka. Take the names out of it. One is a sex scandal and one is not. And there's the old adage, sex sells. So that's a factor in this. Whether you like it or not, that's just what the reality is. People want to, everyone wants to be all high, high and mighty on, on Twitter. Most people want to know the details of what happened in Boston. So there's that. But every, I've put on ESPN like three times this week and all three times they were covering the Brett Favre scandal. Like yeah. I don't, this theory that, I, and Pablo Torre, who does a great podcast for ESPN, he covered it on a podcast this week. I saw it on SportsCenter one night. I don't, I'm missing the the Brett Favre things not being covered. Am I wrong on that? No. I mean, whenever I hear that isn't being covered, the first thing I say is, you're saying something isn't being covered that you learned about in the media. Right. So what what are we talking about here? Right. I I also think... Go ahead, sorry. You go, you go, you go. Well, I was just saying, there's anything to me... I mean, and look, should it be covered... A lot. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it's a huge story. 
But I think if there's anything to sort of reconsider, it's to go back a couple of Brett Favre scandals ago and just kind of look at how he was treated by the media, by all of us in that period, right? Like, wasn't Brett Favre on the Manning cast last year? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, this yeah. is not Brett Favre's first thing. Right. And so I think there's probably, you know, he was a guest on television, all this stuff. There's, I, I think probably the thing to do is to go back and look at how we've looked at Brett Favre over the last couple of years as, right. as a character and all this kind of stuff. He's in, you know, but it's. You were um, dead on, 100%. Hundred percent. I I I was never a Brett Favre fan. I never liked him. I always thought he was kind of a you know not a great guy. But NFL fans seem to have loved him. I also think. I, I also think in the whole you know wh- why isn't it being covered or where's the same energy? I also think the Favre thing is pretty like straightforward. Like he's a bad dude, did something beyond deplorable and should be in jail. I don't know what else there is to say besides that. Like, that's the story. Yeah, I I know there's not there's not, a, there's not I haven't I haven't heard the in defense of Brett Favre yeah. <laughs> being in the media maybe right. maybe it's out there somewhere right but even I, the contrarians who exist just to like throw out the opposite take to get attention I haven't even seen them defend Brett Favre I have not maybe it's maybe it's out there why isn't why isn't anyone covering the contrarian no, I, mean, <laughs> I always you know and look there are times where we could say that you know like why isn't you know stories aren't getting enough attention right but I was. I've seen those and and it's literally above the fold in the print edition of that day's New York times. Right. Just think like what, I don't know what you mean by that in this case. Yeah. I just don't think there's a ton. I mean, we, we know what he did, what he's accused of doing with the money. So besides throw him in jail, I'm not sure what else there is to say. I mean, I think you, you had a good point. I think this is a good time for people to go through all of the, bad things he's done but yeah and it's like look if that's what happens if that's where this ends up that's going to be a gigantic story yes a hall of fame quarterback you know in his retirement in, yeah. in, you know facing the, that kind of penalty i mean that that will be a gigantic story for yeah sure. and sure i don't think he'll end up in jail but i think you know he'll worm his way out of it probably but i mean he clearly listen i mean he did something there that is heinous. There's no, I don't think there's any dis- disputing that at this point. So, um, all right, well, that's a that's a bad note to wrap it up on. Let's wrap it up. We should wrap it up on something. <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. What can there? we? What can, oh, I hear something. I'll, I'll I'll do this. I heard the most insane take I think I've heard oh, in a long time yesterday. Okay, and it came from Peter King, <laughs> who was on. Who was on Chris Mad Dog Russo's Sirius XM show. Not who I thought you were going to say. Please continue. I know. And he said, well, he destroyed, he destroyed Ken Dorsey for flipping out in the press box after the Bills <laughs> lost and said that if he does it again, the Bills should send him to anger management. No. He said that. A football coach? Yeah. He's Throwing things after a loss. 40 plus years of covering pro football. He didn't seen football coaches getting angry. Said he acted like a child. Can't have a coach act that way. Can't have a coach behave that way. And if he does it again, the bill should send them to anger management. I, that's I was like the standard we're doing. There's gonna be a lot of coaches in anger management next week. Like the team just lost and he threw some stuff. I, I think that's normal. <laughs> I- was it the Florida coach, Billy Napier, who was on the field and the assistants oh, yeah. were holding him back the other day. I mean, it's like, right. Are we, is that really football coaches? We're going to, you know, 
I was driving when I heard that take listening to the show and I wanted to pull over and tweet about it. That's how, but then I'm like, I don't want to tweet about it because then people take Peter King and then it becomes a thing that like, I'm just saying that was one of the wildest takes I've ever heard in my life. That's the all. funniest part of that clip was not the throwing stuff. It was the person who put the hand over the camera because they realized right. Right. he was on camera. Since like he's just when been throwing things for five seconds. And like, <laughs> oh, excuse me. This is a private moment of anger here in the build that coordinator box. Since when are we not allowed to see coaches be angry, be angry or recovering up coaches tirades? Like uh, we live for coaches tirades. What are we doing? It was, it was a great piece of video. Yeah. It's like Tom throwing the tablet. <laughs> Same thing. Oh, anger management for, for Tom Brady. For Tom, right? Yeah. He's throwing, he's throwing a lot of tablets, right? We don't know. I'm I'm glad I got to get that out of my system. So thank you for for coming That's on. Good. That's a good do note. That. Yeah. Um, all right. I appreciate you coming on. Always fun to chat with you. Yes. And uh, continued success at the Ringer, the Press Box Pod. Check it out, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Jimmy. Always all right. Fun. Take care. Thanks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
All right, joining me now, got a couple of hosts of a brand new podcast here on Sports Illustrated. It's called The Bag, and it would be of interest to a lot of you listening to the SI Media podcast because it covers sports business. The hosts are Lindsey McCormick, former NFL running back Rashad Jennings. Guys, thanks for joining me on the SI Media podcast. How you doing? Thank you for having us. Jimmy, I have to tell you, you got me through, a, I wouldn't say a dark period of my life, but I hated flying for a while. I was on a, a flight that got struck by lightning. And after that, it took me forever to get back on an airplane. And the only thing that got me through flying after that was reading your Sports Illustrated articles on the plane, as well as listening to worship music the entire way but your articles were a big part of that recovery period of getting back on airplanes so now i appreciate I that That's thank a you great compliment i don't yeah. think i've ever heard a compliment like it <laughs> i appreciate that i um it's funny because i've written a daily column for si for so long like 15 years and the pod i've been doing for a few years and i don't know i feel more attached to the podcast today but like the column is always like this it's like my baby so it's i i really appreciate hearing that because um it's very cool to have like a daily audience for something like that um before we get into the bag let, let me just get into a little bit about each of you now rashad i know obviously we all know you from the nfl running back for the giants the jaguars the raiders now you're doing the bag the new sports business podcast here on sa um was your plan during your career to get into media when you were done with the career was, is this a transition you're doing now? What, what do you want to get into? Obviously you're doing the podcast. What's like sort of the post NFL media plan for you? I want to be a horseback rider. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to lose a lot of weight. Nah, man, I have fun with life. I always wanted, always wanted to get into TV acting, hosting, commentating, finding my lane and space in the entertainment sector. I moved out to LA um, after uh, being and when it been on and winning dancing with the stars and kind of like got into a couple of things here there I, I was set up on some major cool projects um but they all fell through because of covid at the time and so that was my tender of coming out to la and, and exploring covid happened shut down every single project i had going on wow. my father passed away went back home to virginia spent a I uh, was going to spend two weeks there, but because of COVID shutting down everything, I stayed there for eight months and uh, kind of just hit the unplug for a little bit on um, everything. I went back to being a high school student, if you will, because I stayed. That was the first time I've lived in my house for eight eight months straight since yeah. I was, you know, 16 years old. So, you know, I got to regroup, re-strategize, think about what's important, you know, really um appreciate the moments with my family and uh you know it's funny i say this real quick i you know i've been working so hard my entire life to put myself in a position that i could spend more time with the loved ones right i trying to establish a life to spend more time with loved ones and in the process of doing that i'm always away from the people i love so, yeah. you know, it was a good reset for me in um, trying to find ways to be home more, but accomplish more. So, you know, the podcast world makes sense. Yeah. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about your background and how you landed the uh, gig here doing the bag for Sports Illustrated. 
So I've been in sports broadcasting and sports journalism for about 15 years. I worked for ESPN Sunday night football, uh, lived on the Sunday night football bus, uh, wrote for ESPN, the magazine for a while and covered Portland trailblazers and just one job after the next, as you know, how this industry goes. And then I, I reached a point where I thought, uh, I'm not going to be able to support a family with this salary unless you're Tony Romo or um, (laughs) Charles Barkley with some of those big broadcasting contracts. And I got a little more into investing and I started working with a company called ePlay Digital out of Canada, uh, is a strategic advisor for them. And they're the company that's responsible for the video games that ESPN, uh, Fox all put out. And it really opened my eyes to the world of investing, of angel investing. And I started to dig deeper into that. And that landed me on a show with Entrepreneur Magazine called Elevator Pitch. And that's where Rashad and I met and worked together. And I was on that for four seasons and I got to mentor uh, entrepreneurs and companies. And it's funny, my dad is very big in the business world and the true definition of an entrepreneur. And I tried my entire life to avoid that world. And I now seem to be right smack dab in the middle of it um, because everything is a business at the end of the day and you you can't avoid business if you want to be successful at anything. It's funny because I was going to ask if you two knew each other before starting up this podcast. So clearly you've worked together for many years in the past, I guess. So um, I guess doing the podcast must be fun. It's always great when you know the person you're going to riff off of. Right, Rashad? Yeah, 100 percent. I don't I didn't I don't, I have the luxury of not going into this blind. You know, like like she said, we got a chance to meet each other, know each other. Um we we ended up I, I I laugh and uh Lindsay Tatis, I ended up being somehow our relationship the uh, her health coach <laughs> along the way. I would always get a text from Lindsay, hey, I'm dealing with this, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about this. Who should I talk to? I would send her different practitioners, doctors, uh plans and all kind of stuff. So we we've, we've kept literally a healthy relationship. <laughs> so is that, is that like a passion of yours? Hell, like, uh, why does she think you're the person to go to for that? Obviously, there's a reason. Yeah, so I am very much a health nut in the league. I slept in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, ate gluten and dairy free for the last 12 years, trained year round. Like, I do the odd stuff that uh, my teammates would be like, what the heck is Rashad doing now? Like, having all these weird contraptions and earthing and you know receiving energy from the ground like all this weird stuff to to perform the best i could any Sundays. any ayahuasca <clears throat> no nah, we didn't do that nah. no ayahuasca <laughs> tb what about tb12 any tb12 method you know what you know what he does that works is uh i believe his eating yes yeah. so i bought you know it, it's not the same but the regimen is kind of uh rigorous like his yeah. so I do think there's something to his whole pliability thing. I think in every sport, every athlete wants to just work out and get jacked up. But I think he's onto something with the pliability. What do you think about that? He he absolutely is. Um, what he does, I think, takes way too much time, though. Right. Like, it to be honest, uh, something got to give. You can't be successful right. at everything. Right. All right. So, Lindsay, tell us, tell the listeners what the bag is about, what we should expect from the bag each week with you and Rashad on uh, sportsillustrated.com. 
So we felt like this is the perfect time to do this show because we keep seeing more and more in the headlines, sports and business contract information, contract headlines. And it seems like the fans are, more than ever really want to know all the details of these. And I don't know if we just glossed over those headlines in the past or if fans are just wanting to see the ins and the outs of the industry more than ever. And we wanted a landing spot for all of these headlines. And we thought uh, the sports gambling world, new streaming sites, behind the scene experiences that people are now paying to watch. You know, every year these enterprises grow in size and depth, but also in breadth. And 10 years ago, we never thought we would have seen gambling sponsors. Uh, 15 years ago, we never thought we could have predicted these how big fantasy is and now esports and now you have athletes that have their own brands and complete control over their own content and social media platforms and marketing agencies and you have athletes retiring and having uh, side hustles and transitioning into second careers and then there's also the infrastructure behind these athletes pushing them onto the field like Rashad talked about the hyperbaric chamber and Rashad has been a big uh, advocate for muscle activation therapy, which is what Peyton Manning used after his surgery. And that was a big thing that helped me, thanks to Rashad's recommendation. And you see these guys that are helping these players get onto the field every Sunday. And we wanted a landing place for all three of those things. And that's that's the bag. And we feel like it's the perfect time for it more so than ever. I'm glad you brought up the gambling because, you know, you can't during an NFL Sunday or any NFL game. We saw it even like, you know, we see it on Thursday nights, Monday nights. It's, it's astonishing just to see the constant push of the gambling content. And I'm curious, Rashad, as a former NFL player, I mean, did you ever think you'd see what we see now with gambling, you know, being so taboo in the NFL and now it's as prevalent as anything. I'm curious as a former player, what your take is on the gambling explosion in the NFL. Yeah, I knew it would come. Um, I anticipated it because anytime there's money to be made, as soon as you can regulate it, there's even more money for those who regulate it to be made. So they just had to figure out how to put, um, that's a prohibition. They just had to figure out how to make money off of everybody else making the money. When you were playing though, was it made clear to you from, you know, the team, you know, about how taboo it was or don't even think about it, don't get involved in it, or were you not told it and it was just understood? No, it, it was understood, but it was a, it was a major point as well. Um, they would definitely you, made a point. Yeah. Would you make, would you make of the Calvin Ridley suspension? Um, you know, he got suspended. How many games did he get suspended? A year. He got, oh yeah, he got a full year. He ain't retired, right? What did no, he, he he's not retiring. What did he? I forgot. What did actually he end up doing? He bet. He bet some Falcons games. A couple of par. He had the Falcons in some parlays. A little harmless fifteen hundred dollar parlay. Right. And he suspended him for a year because he bet on his own team. That was his sin. Did he bet on his team to win? Win, yes. Then yes. I have no problem with that. Yeah. See yeah. the, the the thing. I mean, obviously he's he's literally going out there every week and betting on his team to win. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's playing the game. So right. I don't have any issue when athlete betting on his team to win. Losing, I, we could talk. And he did it while he was injured. He was sidelined, so it wasn't like he was affecting the game. He was out 
injured and figured he'd have some get some rooting interest in his team. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. This suspension for a year is ridiculous. What's what's the issue of making a bet that my team is going to win? Like, what is he going to do? He's going to go strategize to the coach. Okay, we really need to win this one. Right. It's ridiculous. Point anyway. Yeah. Lindsay, give us here last week of September. What is the biggest sports business story right now? What's something people should be keeping an eye on? What's sort of, what are you guys talking about on the pod? What's like the single biggest sports business story right now? I mean, the this isn't the single biggest. There's so many right now. But uh, the Jimmy G restructuring his contract and then Trey Lance getting injured and Jimmy G now playing for the rest of the season for the Niners seems to be a, a big one because yeah. it, it shows the guy truly loves the game and wasn't just in it for the money. And to... <laughs> to attend training camp, throwing the ball essentially to himself on the sidelines, all training camp, and then to restructure his contract when he could have just sat out and been paid. I think it's going to play out to be an interesting story throughout the season, yeah. especially. And Rashad and I had talked about about this. Is this where the NFL will be headed at some point, where you have to really earn your paycheck week after week? Right. Rashad, what were you going to say? Go ahead. And, uh, yeah, I was speaking to that a heavy incentivized uh, contract and, you know, how many, obviously an owner would love this, um, that we pay you only specifically if you win, if you exceed X amount of plays per, per game, um, because now they get to control your dollars. I mean, that's really the incentive, the incentivization of contracts is where most uh, organizations hold back an athlete from earning money and they're playing, they're really playing Monopoly in a, in a very strange way. So I hope we don't see it. Like my little nephew, my little nephew, quick, quick as my little nephew, she texted me, he was like, oh my gosh, he made $350,000. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I was like, yeah, if you win 10 games, that means he got 3.5, a starting quarterback, about $3.5 million. Really, do you think that's what he's valued? Have you seen Deshaun Watson's contract? He ain't played in two years. Like, so... You know, it's an I, I think the numbers can overexcite minds that really don't understand the business yeah. too much for me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Tell me about, I'm curious, Rashad, because we've seen this over the years just sort of get bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's athletes creating their own brand and doing all this stuff on social media for their brand. I mean, you have a guy here. I mean, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, seven Super Bowls. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's here making TikTok videos. It's, it's like, do you need to, you know, um, when you were playing, t- t- tell me when you were playing, was the social media stuff big then, or was it? did it really explode after you got out of the NFL? Yeah, that's 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 a funny question. No, when I, when I was in the league, it was it was shunned against to have it. Um, you are a football player. You do nothing but play football. If you if you get if you post anything, then the only comments you're going to get from fans and um, your organization is you should be focused on football. Like literally, right. all you can right. do is football twenty four seven. You can't even take a piss. So right. yeah, it's it's completely changed, and so, I think it's important that players are doing this. So is it now to the point where? The NFL players, they get to camp. You have your rookies, you have your veterans, you're in camp, and it's like you have to have a brand manager. Like, can you be an NFL player today without a brand manager and someone doing your social media? What percentage of the players would you say have that as opposed to don't have that? Yeah, the social media aspect really isn't too difficult to handle on your own. Um, Legitimately, it's very simple. Now, obviously, companies are going to try to monetize off a player that is not educated enough how to download cap cap cut and do it themselves. But, um, you know, how that works. So I think it's important. So the the idea of athletes having their own brand and, you know, following and likeness and all that is exciting, right? It releases so many endorphins. So if, if you're a marketing manager, you're living a dream right now as an athlete. Um, it's a great opportunity to make a brand outside of football. So people like news. I don't want to have to go to ESPN to figure out what you said. I'm, I want to be able to go directly to you, uncut and edit it. That way it's no he say, she say type of idea. So um, players are winning right now. So shout out to even I, I give homage to T.O. for celebrating because now we get to celebrate. You know what I mean? And like you start looking at uh, Marshawn Lynch and how he handled interviews that made people want to be interested in what does the player have to say 
Right. You know, so all these things that were shunned against are actually being applauded. And it's uh, I can't I'm honestly curious to what's the next wave that don't do this. Oh, yeah, we love it and celebrate it. It's right. coming. It's going right. to come. I can't wait to see right. what it is. Uh, Lindsay, I would imagine a big topic, too, is the NILs in college football. Is that a big topic for you and Rashad on the podcast? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't follow that as closely. I like to me just pay the college players if they can get deals, get deals. But is that a huge topic here? I guess that topic, too, is that's only going to grow, obviously, as we get deeper into the NILs, right? So kind of piggybacking off of what you guys were just talking about, I think this makes it more challenging for the media because now you have these college and high school players that have their own social media platforms and they have full control over the content that's put out. So it makes them more hesitant to go on ESPN and to do interviews because they don't know what questions are going to be asked. They don't have complete control of, of their image and how they're going to be perceived and it makes it makes it harder for the media because you really have to rely on those organic, authentic relationships and that, hey, we're not going to make you look bad. We're on the same team because they now have access to why would I come on this this show when I can just put out my own my own press and with or without a social media manager. So I think they're starting them much younger, like you, you were talking about with this name, image and likeness deals in college and I, I think it's going to be, it's going to really shake up the the industry as a whole. I have to say this. I'm, I'm going to keep pushing this envelope. All this is happening because it's, it's the NFL's fault. They forced smarter athletes. And this is the results you get. Athletes understanding their value and taking control over it. Do you think there was a role at all played by the fact that college coaches were getting ridiculous contracts as well i mean it was sort of getting out of hand where you have coaches making 10 million a year and the players are getting nothing and the people are tuning in every saturday to watch the players yeah the players got smarter yeah it's yeah. going to keep coming back down to the players got smarter yeah. it is all because it used to be a gpa didn't matter in order to play high school football and now all of a sudden you bump it up to 2.3 2.5 oh you got to be smarter to play okay and that doesn't necessarily mean they are they have to go through more loopholes. The more loopholes you understand, the more you start taking that correlated to business. Before you know it, they used to have drug infested, uh, all kind of stuff, athletes and running around in the NFL. Now they clean it up a lot more than it used to be in the 80s. And now what do you have? Smart, more intelligent athletes. That's why you have more athletes that are running podcasts and doing behind. If you go look at the landscape of ESPN panels, athletes, why? athlete because they force smarter athletes and now they understand their, 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 their value. So that's yeah. your answer at the end of the day is all going to come down to education. Very interesting. And, uh, this is the, this kind of stuff you'll hear on the bag with, uh, Lindsay and Rashad. What, what day does the pod come out each week? You have a set day. It comes out on Tuesday every week. Okay. So every Tuesday, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get this podcast, Subscribe to The Bag with Lindsay and Rashad. They will cover sports business for you, take in-depth on all the topics we talked about today. And uh, looking forward to uh, checking it out. Continued success. Thanks for coming on. And uh, good conversation if I ever need any. I don't know anything about the NIL, so maybe one day we'll do like a whole big in-depth thing on it because, you know, I have no idea what's going on with that. So I'll get you guys on the media pod down the road and uh, everyone listening, subscribe to the bag. Uh, like I said, on all your podcast platforms. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.
Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate All you, right. Jimmy. Be well. Take care. All right. My thanks to Brian Curtis, Lindsay McCormick, Rashad Jennings. Sal will be back next week. If you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media podcast, dip into the archives. Check them out. Rich Eisen was on last week. Andrew Marshan of the New York Post two weeks ago. Al Michaels three weeks ago. Matthew Berry four weeks ago. Give those a listen. Subscribe to the pod. And uh, if you can leave a review on Apple and rate it, we'll read the review in uh, Train of Thoughts next week. All right. That's it. Stay safe. Take care. We'll see you next week. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.